Welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for people who'd buy that for a dollar. I'm Cody. And I'm Tyler. Tyler, what did we watch? We watched Robocop. 1987. Mecca Fuzz. No, that's the federal police. It's like FBI. Uh, Mecca. Mecca Popo. Nailed it. Mecca Popo, yeah. I like that. Uh, So we watched Robocop, and I know you were disappointed because you wanted to watch the new Robocop. And Tyler, look, your time will come, but it is not your time. It is my time. It is my corner. We're in my corner. I put baby in the corner. You were baby. You were in the corner. Oh, you're no. here. I want to be in Tyler, the corner. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a synopsis of this movie for us, oh. all right? For the folks who don't know. Okay? okay. All right. Me. Peter Weller plays a man named Murphy, who was a police officer in the future in Detroit, where Detroit is slightly worse than it is now. Okay. And in that future, he is killed as a police officer, but they bring him back as a robot cop, all right? He's got all the powers of a robot and the powers of a cop. And we get to watch his misadventures through the the, uh, dystopian capitalist nightmare that is Detroit. Yeah. It's everyone's favorite 80s movie. It's everyone's favorite depiction of what it's like to be a policeman. It's just like that, but he's a robot. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I haven't done a ride-along, but uh, it sounds right to me. You call Tyler? Up, call up your dad. Ask him, uh, RoboCop real? Ask, just text him, is RoboCop real? Text him right now. I will, I will, give, you, I will give you one, one of my fun facts. Oh. Um, there's a point in this movie where he's reading, RoboCop is reading someone their Miranda rights while throwing him through panes of glass windows. And uh, they were like, police officers are going to get offended at this, right? <laughs> and, and they screened it to multiple police officers. They were like, no, nah, this is effing rad. <laughs> we love this. <laughs> so that's, uh, I think they wildly overestimated the moral compass of police officers and the, you know, just like the escapism of the cinema, if you will. Yeah. So Tyler, I would say, I mean, you've known mm-hmm. cops, Cody. I'd say you've probably known <laughs> one or two. No. Uh-huh. Would you say that most of them define themselves like entirely as like I'm a police officer, or do you think most of them see themselves as a dude that their job is uh, they're a police officer? Dude, dude option. <laughs> the dude option. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I've I've got my uncle was a cop and my dad were both cops together at the same time in the eighties. And let me oh. tell you. So your dad is RoboCop. Yeah, some of the stories they told me, I'm like, oh, oh, we need to do better. Um, But I do have a friend. My wife has a friend who's a cop currently today in Kansas City. Um, Oh, is it KCPD? It's it's quite a different attitude they have here than he did there. But my uncle was like, yeah, we used to just be able to, like, throw people in arm bars. It was great. (laughs) I was like, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> then the sissies like, sure sure was fun to wrestle criminals i was like i don't know <laughs> well, kind of just like low-key bragging about police brutality so is your mysterious friend kcpd or like around kansas city she is a detective with kcpd oh yeah no that's a dangerous job right there yeah yeah i've known like several kcpd real officers all of them have been shot at least once yeah one of them was just like a routine I think they were handing out an eviction notice, knocked on the door, and it was like, boom, and like bullets came through the door. Wow. <laughs> and that's how he got shot. And he's like, yeah, no, it just happened. That is wild. Yeah, I was I was talking, I've only met her a couple of times, but she used to live with really the same apartments. And um, it was interesting because we were talking to her literally a few days after the Black Lives Matter protests were happening downtown. And so, like hearing her perspective of of what people were doing during the during the protest was quite interesting. Um, so, anyway, Tyler, what did you think of RoboCop? It, Cody, it's been a while since I've seen this movie, and I was uh-huh. like, at first, I was going to be like, I don't think I've watched it in its entirety ever. I think it's always just been like I've seen it as someone else is watching it. 
I take that back. I retro. I, I take back the statement that I never made. All right. I have seen this movie in its entirety. It's been a while. And every time I watch this movie, I am reminded that that's why people were upset at the 2014. Because the 2014 Probably. is like, just like, they're like, let's make a cool action movie. And the 87, is 87? Was that when it came yeah. out? The 87 right. Robocop is like, let's make a freaking film that says some stuff. All right. And uh-huh. then the 2014 one is like, let's make like Robocop for kids. Yeah. It's like mixed. Yeah. The, the attitude of Transformers 1 with Robocop. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. That's exactly that's what, what it is. Think of. Uh-huh. And I was like, I would be outraged if I uh-huh. knew at the time. But I didn't. So I love Robocop 2014. But uh-huh. it's a stupid movie. That's why it's on the Tyler's trash list. And one day, I was so disappointed that they did not come up on the same time. Because uh, that that's great. what I really wanted. But maybe one day. One yeah. Day. I, I'll say I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think I was let down because I've heard the hype. People like really like this one. Is this um, your first time watching it? Yeah, I'd never seen like 80% of the movies in Cody's Corner I've never seen. And this is one of them. So never seen this guy. I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it lived up to that pretty well. I don't know. I'm I'm conflicted about my score. Of, like what score I'm going to give it. Um, so I won't say it because I'm curious what how our conversation goes. But I really liked it. I think it goes down as like a classic 80s movie um, that should be on the list. It is on the list, and that's uh, that's what I'll say about it. I'm texting a friend of mine who lives in Detroit. This is what I'm texting him. You live in Detroit, period. Is RoboCop accurate? <laughs> um, I have seen both seasons of Detroiters like three times each, which is a comedy show uh, in the... 2010s and i will tell you um i don't look detroit is going through the same thing as all big cities right now where it's like all oh, the hipsters are moving in but it's still like a big city i really there's an episode in detroiters where there's like a new tech company moves its headquarters from like colorado to detroit and they're mad because you know they're native detroiters and everything um so like oh, the, you know just a bunch of like yuppie hipster people you know you're not really from detroit whatever and they're like oh we're just gonna go check out this uh this place like is it is it safe to walk and they're like yeah you know this isn't this isn't like vietnam in the 70s like you know it's daytime you're fine and they're like yeah it's right over this way like oh yeah no don't walk you'll die take a car (laughs) you know you know they're like our city's not that dangerous like oh you're going there yeah no definitely drive um so it's very much the attitude which i I appreciate it. It's like when people, okay, how, okay, you know, I recently moved away from Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> and when I tell people I live, I was at least live in Kansas City, the response I usually get is, I thought about living there. And I decided I didn't want to die. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, it's not that bad. You just don't walk on the Paseo at night or don't, or, you know, fine, you're fine. You're fine. Just don't look anybody yeah. in the eyes. All right. That's the best. Yeah. Just don't look them in the uh-huh. eye. You're fine. Uh, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe best just avoid, you know, you know, maybe just don't go there. <laughs> it's uh, like exactly yeah. like that. Like, no, maybe yeah. just don't, but mm-hmm. you're fine. You know, it is like one of those things that Cody, when you, you still live around Kansas city. Yeah. I've outed you. I've doxed you now. Uh-oh. When was the last time you heard gunshots? Be honest. I don't know. Um, you know, I've, we, we've had the gunshots or fireworks. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah. When was I the last care time to investigate. you heard that? Like, when you're like, it could be gunshots. It might just Probably be Probably like fireworks. three weeks ago. I have not heard gunshots once since I moved to Boston. Mm. I don't live in Boston. I definitely would have, maybe would have heard gunshots. Maybe. I, w- I went to a place last night. Everybody's like, oh, that's real sketchy. And I was like, I'm from Kansas City. It's definitely not more dangerous than there. And I, mm-hmm. like, nah, I mean, you're right. <laughs> yeah. It's the place I'm from. Like, the crime rate's decently high where I'm, like, born and raised. So I go places yeah, and yeah. people are like, that's sketchy. I'm like, this is absolutely fine for me. Like, this yeah. is, if anything, a step up. So. Oh, yeah, no, I've seen Victorville, Cody. Victorville, fun fact, comes up a lot in my one of my wife's favorite shows. Uh, Which one? CSI. Oh, really? Because it's Las Vegas. 
Oh, yeah. No, that's so Victorville is like where they catch people or like murderers people are, are from. fleeing from. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. And okay. they're like, we're like, he was last seen going through Victorville. And they're like, he's headed towards LA. And I was like, oh, I know that's true. I know. That's now. the marker I give people. <laughs> it's halfway between LA and Las Vegas. That's, Victorville. <laughs> that's why I think it's funny every single time. I'm like, oh, that's like their way of being like, yeah, we know that to get from Las Vegas. Go to the to Victorville in and out. He's going to have to stop there. Yeah. So, so uh, it comes up a lot and it's always fun. You know, yeah. it's always fun. And but I yeah. like it. But yeah, it is, Cody, I'm not going to lie to you. You showed me Google Maps of your town. Yeah. You went. Your town is like murder central right there. It's like. Look, the part that Google Maps showed you was, that was the worst part. Like, I will say that, you know? Look. Yeah. Is there a better part? Yeah. There's the mall. The mall's fine. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's, I guess since we're on the topic, don't go to the malls in Kansas City. That's a good way to get robbed right there. Hmm. Which Unless, mall? Uh, I mean, any of them. You can go to the Independence oh. one, I think. That's fine. But that's like an hour outside of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Go to the ones outside. The ones in Kansas City? Unless you want to buy drugs, then definitely go to the malls. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this, Cody. Kansas City? You got drugs. I want no you to know also, I, uh, I I added on to my texts to my friend who lives in Detroit. I said, also, is Detroiters accurate? He has not viewed either of these. Wow. Yeah, but All I will right. let you know as soon as he responds. We will hold breath with anticipation. Look, I asked you to text your dad, is RoboCop accurate? And you didn't. I'm out here texting my buddies. I can do this. <laughs> oh, hold on. You might hear sounds. Actually, oh, what I believe I asked you to say is, is RoboCop real? Here's the thing. Your dad you are will not going to be pleased with the answer I get. He'll know what it what it means. Cody, if there's one thing I know, it's your father. All right? I know your dad. We're friends. All right? We were in the did war you, together. Did you meet him at the wedding? The reception? Uh, uh, yes. Oh, my. I did. <laughs> Is RoboCop real? It has been sent. All right. Is he gonna? All okay. right. So he's just gonna get, get hit, but hit you back with a. What are you talking about? Yeah, something. Yeah, that's gonna be one of those. Maybe a Robocop. Okay. All right. Yeah. Do you want to just? Yeah, I, I, I really do. It? Yeah. Just get into it. Dive right in. I'm ready. Yeah. Right. Cody. Cody, get. Get in the back of the cop car. It's boring, yeah. but get in there. Get in those plastic seats, Cody. Get in those plastic. I almost bought a cop car, Cody. This time I went out, I bought it. There it is. They're plastic bucket seats. They look like a like you can hose that out. All right, that's what you need. That's a perfect teenage <laughs> car. Get in there. All right. Get in there. Yeah. I'll let you out. I promise. Now let's go. Let's turn on these sirens and let's go to Spoiler Town, Detroit, USA, Cody. Yeah. Uh, okay. Are you you going? Or am I, I going? I want you to go first, Cody. Right. I want to hear you. Okay. Are you ready for me? I'm ready for you. Go. All right. I'm going. In the future, every locker room is co-ed. All right? Those are the rules. That's my favorite My favorite detail about the dystopian future of RoboCop at Detroit in 30 years or whatever, which is probably like five years ago at this point. Um, look, the dressing rooms are all co-ed. I loved it. I was like, this is just a fun a fun little detail. All right? No one cares anymore. It's We're doing it. Okay? Um, here's the thing. Commercials. In movies, I love it. It's my favorite thing. 80s movies did it a little bit, like UHF did it, stuff like that. I love, and I guess this director has done it in like three or four of his movies that he's directed. I love it. I just love a commercial for no reason in the middle of a movie. It's like, this is the world we're living in. It's perfect. It was wonderful. The heart commercial, you can just buy an artificial heart, and the guy's like, financing options, whatever. Like I love that this movie is just like a satire of what's going to happen to us in the future, you know? And it's just it's just a fun, silly way to wallow in the depression of uh, society. It's great. That's probably, I think that's what elevates this movie so much, is you're just like, oh, this is, in essence, it is just a uh, an action movie, you know? But also, it is, I thought my dog was throwing up. She is having a dream and squeaking on the couch. All right, so we're fine. 
And so that's why this movie's great, all right? It's got just your action stuff. It's over the top, but also it's making statements because the world they framed it in. Pretty rad, okay? Capitalism is evil? Maybe, or is it? Or are we just having a good time? That's up to you. I was not expecting claymation in this movie, and it pleased me deeply, all right? It tickled me to no end, all right? Uh, so here's the thing. When the villain in your movie is the dad from that 70s show, I will be distracted, okay? So that was where Kurt, oh, I forget his last name, something Wood, Kurt Wood, something. He was there, and I was like, ah, I'm just waiting, waiting for him to say the line, you know? I wanted him to say some of his lines from the show, but the show was in the 90s, and this movie's in the 80s, so we didn't get any of the classic quotes. It's fine. It's fine, okay? Um, tell you what, the crew, the bad guy crew, all right? They're there, the bad gang. The black guy with the laughing, oh, it's too much. I know it was supposed to be too much. It's supposed to be campy. It's supposed to be over the top. But I was like, oh, it's so much laughing. He's cackling left, right, left and right, both the directions, all right? It was too much. I didn't like him. So in that way, it worked. Good job, all right? That's a great job. Here's the thing. When the guy, when the city councilor or whatever is holding the people hostage, it was like it was like the 2020 election all over again. You know, he's like, I want to recount, and either way, I want to keep my job. <laughs> it's like, I love it. It's perfect. I can't believe, like, you know, it's like the Simpsons thing where it, like, predicts something <laughs> that's happens in the future. I was like, oh, we literally just did this last year. <laughs> Recount the votes. Either way, I won. So it was great. It was perfect. It made me very, very happy. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I love the satire in the movie. But what's the one? He, oh, it's the same guy. He's holding him hostage. He's making all the demands. He's like, I want a car. Something fast with bad gas mileage. <laughs> it's so good. Like the car ads, the cars get like 8.6 miles to the gallon. Like it was just great. I loved it. It made me happy. Um, what the battleship, instead of battleship, it's nuke them, you know? <laughs> just, you get to nuke the person on the other side of the board from you. I was like, this is, this is it. We're doing it. We're here. Um, it's just the best, okay? I'd buy that for a dollar. Loved it. Just great. It's an homage to some sci-fi short story or something. Uh, so that's fun. It's the thing. Um, the science guy. How about the science guy at the gas station who's sitting there with like a geometry book and he's like measuring stuff. He's got a little protractor thing, you know, the compass thing. He's like, oh, well, the distance there is the same. <laughs> Magnificent. Like it was great. Right? That guy it was great. Here's the thing. I just, I really, I like the world that built I like the props they built, okay? I appreciated all of it. The RoboCop vision, iconic. It was all great. My only question is, does it stick the landing? Because in my mind, it sets up this great world and this great satire of society, but then in the end, it's kind of like, anyway, RoboCop got his revenge. You're like, oh. I just, that's the only thing about this movie that I didn't like. I wasn't sure if it, totally stuck the landing or if it made the point or if it was just like, hey, we put this action movie, this revenge story in a greater world, which made it great, but did it stick the landing? That's my question for you. Yes, how dare you? <laughs> how dare how dare you? How dare you, Cody? <laughs> Sorry. I just, while you were talking, I, pull, I did some, I was trying to do some research and it just pulled up with the the RoboCop scene twenty seven remake. Yeah. Have you are you aware of this? What is it? It's the scene. So the scene, scene twenty seven of RoboCop is when uh, they're the two dudes are cutting are getting after this lady, getting after a, oh, a young lady. Yeah. And it's just uh -huh. like it's that, but like I don't know, ten to twenty minutes long. It's just him oh. shooting off. <laughs> So it's just he just shoots everybody in, in the crotch, everybody, every single dude. So it's just more guys entering the scene, and he's just <laughs> bang, bang. There you go. It's very graphic. Uh, I would not recommend watching it, but it is funny. <coughs> All right, I hear you. Are I'm you done dying? Because you've got you've got to wow me with a okay. rant. All right, here we go. All right, let me, let me get I'm ready for you. Going. Let me get this timer going. Let me grab my notes here. Oh. 
Stop talking, Cody. It's RoboCop time. Shout out to Orion, the company that doesn't exist anymore that we all constantly forget existed, all right? Nobody cares about it. It started by some guy, whatever. The doctor's wig was nuts. That was a bad wig. It was terrible. It was the worst wig I've ever seen in a movie, all right? Shout out to that doctor. Why would you put a gray wig? Does it make him look more professional? Makes him look more professional, right, Cody? Maybe? I don't know. You're giving me nothing, Cody. All right, hospitals, prisons, and space exploration have now been proven, and at that time I feel like we're also proven to be the most profitable. This dude stood in front of people, he'd be like, we did all the stuff that people said you couldn't make money on. Hospitals, prisons, space exploration. He might as well have been like gold mining, <laughs> diamond mining, printing money, drugs, all not profitable enterprises, you know, all things nobody's ever made, weapons manufacturing, no one's ever made money doing that, all right, square cups, Cody, square cups for the coffee, because it's the future, we're in 2027, 2030 is the move, when the, the later part of the movie comes on, it's like 2027 in the first part, and then 2030, after Robocop emerges from the womb of the brain of the, of the guy, all right. Uh, all right. Let's talk about when he dies. 6 a.m. or 6.15 a.m. or p.m. A.m. or p.m. Cody, look at me. Look at me. He dies at 6.15 a.m. or p.m. You don't know because they're bad at their job, Cody. That's what happens when you have privatized health care. Let's tear down the capitalist society. But I would still like capitalism to still apply to me and the stuff that I want to keep. But most of it, let's tear it down, except for all the parts that I like and the parts that are needed for the parts that I like. All right, that's, Cody, I am a man of the people, all right? I'm out here. Here's the thing, Cody. Here's my plan. I'm going to, I'm shooting up this corporate ladder. I'm going to push down while they push up, and we're going to squeeze these guys in the middle for our, everything they're worth, all right? We're going to squeeze the middle class, all right? That's the real way to take down capitalism, all right? Uh, the rearview mirror fell, all right? You saw it. Don't pretend you didn't see it. You know, the dad from that 70s show, he goes to open, he opens the door on his car. They're going to kill RoboCop. Rearview mirror just falls the F down. It falls off, okay? Nobody knows why. All right, let's talk about the most egregious thing, Cody. His arms are way too long. When they punch this dude out the window, when they huck... The bad guy out the window by shooting him in the in the chest multiple times. His arms are too long. <laughs> His little claymation arms are about 50% longer than they needed to be. All right. That's the real truth. All right. Go to look at me. They're too long. Okay. Let's talk about this movie and its impact on society, Cody. It's RoboCop. All right. Everybody look at it, Cody. It predicted everything. It predicted robot police officers. It predicted the Taco Bell hospital. It predicted... Uh, Sylvester Stallone being frozen in carbonite and having to fight uh, the other guy and then he learns to knit Cody and then they have sex with headbands alright I think I watched Demolition Man instead of Robocop <laughs> anyway this movie Cody I love this movie so much alright it's not as good as the new one but the new one looks fancier but looks worse at the same time the little Ed pops out and he's doing his little like it looks like the walkers from Star Wars and I love it. All right, when they he's like going for the stairs and his little feet are going and then he falls and it's like ha, you stupid, you don't even know how to use stairs. Here's my question: I get the roar. The roar is meant to be intimidating. Here's the thing that isn't funny, isn't or isn't fun about the new RoboCop. Since we're never getting to it, Cody. Let's be real. Uh, there's too many things in the Tyler's trash list. They explain why it roars in that movie. Do I need to say more to make that movie less appealing to you? <laughs> they explain yeah. why it roars, but they, you know what they don't explain? Why it squeals like a baby pig when it's on its back. Whose decision was that at their R&D department? All right, screw those guys. Also, could you imagine just periodically waking up as you're being experimented on, being turned into a cyborg? Also, speaking of being a cyborg, in the trailer for the movie, as the trailer asks the question, what is he? To which they cut in the, he's a cyborg, you idiot. And I'm like, 
Are you calling such a combative trailer, Cody? Such a combative oh, trailer. I can't. Oh. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to cut you off right there. You're, His... You gotta slow down. All right. You're coming in too hot. The most important thing I would need you to take away from that is that his arms were too long. All right, that's yeah, I hear you. Um, that note is scrawled like chicken scratch across my notebook because I wrote it down so fast. Yeah, look, the arms are too long, but how about Kurtwood Smith? What's the bad guy's name? It's Clarence, something, something ridiculous. Okay, Clarence Jeremiah. I don't know. How about his silencer on his gun? It's like yeah. a little triangle thing. I loved it. All right, oh, yeah. and then his little. The old grenade that blows up the house. Oh, love, yeah. I love you know this. I'm, I'm a freak, for a sci-fi freak. movie props. All right, I love the props. I love the design of the props. I thought they came through. Here's the here's the disappointing thing. Like, I hear you. I'm just wrong, whatever. Mm-hmm. This is in the same era. You know, Star Wars, Blade Runner, cool cars, right? In this one, he literally just drives a police car. Like, I wanted to have RoboCop car. I wanted a Batmobile. I wanted a cool version of a car for him, which I'm sure comes through in the 2014 one. But he just literally has, like, a Ford cop car. A you know? Ford Taurus SX or whatever. The same, the exact same cop car everyone else has. So, that, look, it was disappointing. It broke my heart a little bit. Here, okay. Pull up the... You keep going. So, hold on. I do, look. I have a lot of fun facts about this movie. I did enjoy the movie very much. I do want, I want to get into the dirt and the weeds about does the movie land, okay? And before I do that, I have a surprise for you. It is, it is that my dad responded to the text I sent. <gasps> yes. Okay, is RoboCop real? What? <laughs> With three question marks. That's his response. I did a follow-up question for research purposes. Like, how accurate is RoboCop to your experience as a cop? And he said, he can recognize the violation of laws and quote the law verbatim. That's better than most cops. Also <laughs> shoots better than most cops. So, there you go. That's, uh, he is better than the average cop at shooting and knowing <laughs> what the law is and quoting the law. So, there you go. There you go. Anyone out there in the police academy right now, that's uh, lessons you should learn from RoboCop. Oh yeah, so <laughs> quote the law, which is better than most cops. That's my favorite, yeah. <laughs> favorite review um, of RoboCop. I've seen right there. I've seen quite a few of the videos where it's like people are kind of pulled over for like no reason, or they have weird interactions with cops on the streets, you know. And the cops are like, "Ah, you were looking at me weird, so you're, I'm going to arrest you now." And the person's like, "I don't think you can do that." And he's like, "No, because you're arresting because you know." And they get in like an argument for like ten minutes. Have you seen any of those videos? Oh yeah. Um, so, so what is that? Is that the new 2014 RoboCop? This is the cop car they use in the 2014 RoboCop. Okay. So that is the wheel covers. Oh yeah. It's it's giving me hard Hot Wheels vibes. Hot Wheels Transformers vibes. Um, yeah. So what was it? Hold on now. Watch out now. Here it comes. Ready? Yeah. That's not what he drives though. Okay. So you showed me the... Normal cop. Oh, he's on a motorcycle. Oh yeah, yes. Oh, with like a with like a little tail. It's like a motorcycle with a tail. Well, it's like one of the little. It's like a Yamaha or something. You know, like a ninja kind of like a Japanese. I hear you, but normally the bike. wheel would go up to that, right? Like, where's yeah. the wheel? There's a big gap between them. I mean, yeah. good for him. He also like clips into it. You know, like it was made for him, which I feel like wow. is a better. You know. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I wanted him to have a, like, kind of like you're saying, I wanted him to have a special car. Yeah. That was different from the dumb thing everyone else is driving around in. A rubber mobile, especially with how slow he was. It's like, merp, 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 you know? Yeah. Okay. So, I do, I want to, I want to dive deep on the message of the movie, and then I want to go through all the fun facts, because I have quite a few. Okay? All right. So, that's my question to you. Like, what? You said the movie landed, all right? So explain that to me, because I feel like it sets up this society of like, here's this sort of dystopian society, look how far we've gone, the capitalism is taking over the police force and they're out here to make a buck, right? But at the end of the day, he's still RoboCop and he kind of just gets revenge on 
the crooked well, guy. I mean, he does kill one of the crooked people at the company, but the company's still there trying to make a buck, you know? Yeah. So is there... Well, where's... I think... So here's what I took away from the story, you know, like the like the moral of the story, I guess you could say, right? Is that, like you said, this was supposed to be a satirical thing that could never happen, whereas now it's much more believable. Nowadays, like, you could see a city outsourcing their police department to, like, a private security firm or something. Mm-hmm. That's a, Especially a city like Detroit, which had a huge problem with that for a long time, recently. Yeah. You know, where, like, cops just wouldn't show up when you got, when they were called. Um, yeah. But I think, like, the whole thing would be of this, right, is that, so he, his whole thing was he always, he obeyed the letter of the law. Like, his first pr- directive was to, like, what is it? Uh, serve the public trust or Serve something, the public or... trust, protect the innocent, uphold protect the innocent. law. Yeah. And then they added in that fourth thing. So yeah. what I felt like the whole thing, you know, was, like, he couldn't even, like, kill Cl- Clarence out of, mm-hmm. like, a need for revenge. But he does at the end. Because, well, you know, Clarence's like, okay, arrest me. He's like, I'm not here to arrest you. Then he kills him. So that was, that was, that's my other question was, like, okay, but he did break his directives by just killing a dude in cold blood, right? Like, no one was pointing a gun at him. Right? Which, so, which guy did he kill? Clarence. Well, Clarence was stabbing him, and then he stabbed him back. Oh, okay. I Well, though, I guess I was talking about their standoff, because he's having a standoff. Clarence, Which he didn't shoot him. him. That was another thing. Like, I don't yeah. think he could have shot him, because he still couldn't override Directive 4. So mm-hmm. I don't think he could have just shot him. I think he was trying to bait him into shooting him so that he Uh-oh. could shoot him back. Which is not a good practice for a cop to do. Also, right. but it sh- is legal. Here's like a, it does. Here's it a is PSA. defensible. Yeah, if somebody shoots law. you and your vest catches it and you shoot them back, that's not going to be like a televised, like, you know, everyone in the country is going to try that's to just, get you convicted of murder. It's like, no, he shot you and you're wearing a body Detroit armor. hello, I believe is the term for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> there's been some of them, though. There's some of them that I'm like, you know. Because the whole thing, I know like the 2014 one, one of the things they kind of did it was one of the things they tried to tackle in the 2014 one was like police brutality. And Mm -hmm. like he was way more brutal than he needed to be and people weren't happy about it. So they tried to tackle that and that did not go over very well. That's what's interesting too. Did you know it's the same screenwriters? Yeah. So the same screenwriting team did RoboCop 1, 2, 3, and the reboot. I think if we... Eventually, when it comes around, because I really want you to watch it, because it is not a bad movie. I think it's just like the types of things they were trying to make it more family friendly. I think this is a hard R, whereas the 14 is PG 13. Kind of like the Clash of the Titans remake. You're like, you can make a pretty movie with great effects, but are you going to beat the original Clash of Titans? Or the original Clash of the Titans, let me tell you about this right now, is a bad movie. How dare you? Harryhausen made it. It's a terrible. But you know what I'm saying? If there's like a cult classic movie yeah. and you're just going to remake it and make it as a big blockbuster, like let's make it for everyone. You're like, well, it a- appeals to a cult group of people. So, and like yeah. even less so, it's also just like, okay, let's look at the Beauty and the Beast remake. Like that was a good movie. Like it, it was a yeah. good movie, but are you going to beat the classic? Like something as classic as RoboCop, you're trying to reboot it, make it more broad or just repackage it. You can make a good movie, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be as good or well received as the original. You know, when you, it's like, if I if I made, if you make a painting, and then you put it next to a better painting, you know, like if I made my version of Starry Night by Van Gogh, I was like, look, I worked really hard on this and I did a decent job. Like I guess, but when you hold them next to each other, then mine's yeah. going to suck. Yeah, and then if you do it exactly the same, everybody's like, you just copied his. Yeah, so there is no winning not, there. There really isn't. Yeah. Um. Like, so which, we've talked about this before, right? Because what you need to do is you need to take things that didn't live up to their potential and then yeah. make those. Because it's like, oh, it wasn't as good as it could have been. Now we made it great. But the problem with that is you don't – or there's the audience for it, right? Because that's why they're repackaging things is because, hey, there's an audience for RoboCop. People love RoboCop. There's already three RoboCop movies, so why don't we re- reboot this guy? But you're like, right, but you're not 
Yeah. You can't you, supersede something with a 90% Rotten Tomato score. Yeah, the only way to do it really is to either continue, like just do a sequel and be like, okay, this is what was happening in the stories, that mm-hmm. next move here, or to just make the literally the exact same, <clears throat> like if you, you know, redid Van Gogh's Starry Night painting, but like in like super crazy high resolution VR or something, then people uh-huh. be like, oh, that's awesome, you know? No one's like, that's yeah. not as good as the original, because it's like, I did it, but I took what I have now that he could never dream of doing it this way, and I did yeah. the same thing. So that's like the only way to overcome that, is to be like, to remake Citizen Kane completely in CG, and it look like people, and then no one's going to be like, this is worse than Citizen Kane. They're going to be like, that's mm. cool that there's not real people there. It's like all computer stuff. Yeah. And then the AI revolts, revolts. And then it's Terminator, and then they remake Terminator, but it's the <laughs> machines are the ones in the past being the good guy, and they send back a toaster to save yeah. the blender that was going to give birth And then to. it's my it's uh, the Brave Little Toaster, right? And then you're rebooting that. And <laughs> Did you almost so... say My Little Pony? <laughs> or my little t- cause it's I, I think like... I, I mix My Little Pony and my and Brave the Brave Little Toaster. Exactly. Brave, Brave Little toaster. toaster is the heated blanket was sent back in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So. What were we talking about? We were talking about the lessons learned in RoboCop. So I think, like, what I felt like the moral of it really is, like, despite all this, like, corruption and everything that people were, even back in the 80s, was still, it was an issue back then. People think it's new. It's not. Like, the, all these same Mm -hmm. issues, right? It's just more believable now. Like, even with all this stuff. And him having to obey the letter of the law every time, he was still able to take these guys down. And so it's like one mm-hmm. of those. It like it's one of those. It only takes one good man kind of stories, you know. Yeah. To make a difference. Oh, that being said, he is a cyborg, not a man. So you know. Right. He has a face, but they didn't even let him keep his left arm. Yeah, and then it's sad for RoboCop too because he lost his family, you know. Yeah, which I do like how this one tackles it. I suppose the 2014 one, they do like a scene where like his wife comes in and he's like in his charging bay facing mm. the other way <clears throat> and like refuses to look at her. And they do that whole drama. And I'm like, I like this mm. where they're like, you died three years ago. Right. You were I, destroyed. <laughs> like I did have that question about this one too. I was like, oh, I, I, it's interesting that they didn't show him with his family at all. But then later in the movie, he de- he go walks through his old home and he has sort of his flashback moments, you know, and he has like a dream yeah. about it. And so I appreciate that. And I really liked, um, is it when he was dying, when he was being rebuilt, they show the shot of like his family waving, waving goodbye to him and the camera's like panning out. Yeah. So I thought like cinematically there were some really good depictions of that. We're like, oh, the easy way would be to be like, hey, look, Murphy's got a good family. Oh, Murphy died. You're sad about his family. Instead, it's like, okay, Murphy was here for a second. Now he's RoboCop. Oh, how how's the cyborg gonna deal with that trauma? And like, oh look, yeah. it comes in these dreams, and he's remembering things now. And I thought that was a good way to do it. Which I think in RoboCop two they deal with some something with his family, but a lot of people yeah, like it comes it. back. I think like his wife recognizes him in RoboCop two or three. There's like a thing where it's like, oh hey, there she is. Like she knows who he is or something like that. Yeah, which I know a lot of people didn't like it because I mean it really in this one it make it. I feel like it's pretty clear that in his mind, his family's gone. Like he, mm. like, what was, what's his name? Miller? Is that his name? What's Murphy. His name? Murphy. Murphy mm-hmm. died. And he's just trying to like, he's RoboCop. And then at the end, he's like, um, Officer Murphy, like gaining back some of that humanity. Mm-hmm. Which I think is another like point that they kind of make is that like, this is a direction that I think, because in the 80s, like, unmanned vehicles and stuff were just becoming a thing. So I feel like this is something that a lot of people were like, this is what's going to happen. Police are going to get replaced by robots and they're going to be brutal and not like have that empathy. When in reality, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, would there be less people getting shot that don't need to get shot? If it was like robots that obeyed the letter of the law, it shot people unnecessarily sometimes mm. probably. Well, yeah, it's hard to say. Cause that's the other thing. Like RoboCop, He's not invincible, but he's close too. Like, I mean, in this movie, you know, regular guns aren't don't phase him. Yeah. So that's the problem with having a human officer, right? Is it's like, 
if you don't shoot shoot first, you're dead. Really, like realistically, like the way yeah. reaction times work. Like if you're not reaching for your gun when someone else has already decided to shoot you, then you don't stand a chance to, if that person's a decent shot of not getting shot. So it's, but if you're a robot that can't get hurt, then you have less to lose. You don't have that like reaction of oh, I have to shoot to save my life. Like you're a robot. Yeah, you're not going to get messed up. So once people are, that's the advantage of RoboCop, right? Because People start shooting at him. He's like, oh, all right, I will just destroy you now because I have much better aim and I can take many more bullets than you can, right? Yeah, which I do feel like RoboCop to me has always seemed like halfway between normal, real-life police and Judge Dredd. Yeah, I had that thought too. Yeah, I thought about the Judge Dredd thing a couple like, times in this movie. I see a world, like, I could see somebody being like, oh my gosh, we need to link these two worlds because... Like, you can see, like, okay, RoboCop's successful. We have a ton of RoboCops. Oh, shoot, that's not a good idea. We'll go back to humans are the only. And then humans have everything memorized and everything like that. Mm. Kind of like, you know me. You know I love Dune. Kind of like Dune, where they, like, go super hyper-advanced AI, and then the AI takes over, and then they have to, like, this long war with the AI, and then it's like, all right, it's illegal to make AI now. Mm -hmm. Like, no matter what petty squabbles exist in the universe, if one of the like great houses in Dune was like, I made an AI, everybody would be like, all right, so you're boned now. Like we're going to glass yeah. every planet you've ever touched like, with nukes. Like we're going to destroy mm-hmm. you. And so like, you can see like, oh yeah, but then crime's a lot worse. So they're like, so it's the same thing of like in Judge Dredd, they just kill people <laughs> because they're like, yeah, uh, it's death. Like that's like you've committed a minor crime, dead. Because crime is such an issue. Mm-hmm. Which is like it kind of goes back to where we used to do things, right? Because old school days, you know, like Bible times, is like oh, you stole something. All right, your arm is gone. You know, your hand yeah. is chopped off. You're like, right? It's like super severe punishment. So it's like, hey, this is where we draw the line, and the line is that you don't steal because you lose a hand. And so, yeah, just interesting, different way of doing things. Um, okay, I'm, I hear you. I see you. I don't know. Does it? I don't know if I'm quite satisfied, but I love the world. And it's, it is a decent resolution for the movie. And I do, you know, anytime someone can take, like, hey, we got some good action, but also we got to say something with it, with the world we built. Maybe I'm convinced. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. Yeah. Peter Well uh, also yeah. just got the voice, you know? He got the voice for for Robocop. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like no, what? Peter Weller plays RoboCop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does, and he almost didn't get it. Like he, uh, there were like a lot of arguments about how RoboCop was going to move and be, and like there was a lot of arguing on set with like between the costume designer and the director and the actor, and there was quite a lot of turmoil. Um, so yeah, Peter Weller almost got fired from RoboCop. Which is crazy to think about now. You're like, that's like the role he is known for. But Yeah. I, I'm trying uh, to find... He is in... Um, like, he voice, like narrated some, like, History Channel show or something okay. that I used... I grew up watching. So I, that's what I know him from. So to really? me, he's like a History Channel narrator. <laughs> and it blows my mind. Like, he's RoboCop, and he's like... And then... The next thing I remember seeing him in, he's in a ton of stuff, but the next thing I remember mm-hmm. seeing him in was like, he was in, he was like an admiral in Star Trek. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's like, oh, man. But I'm trying to find out what in the world he narrated. Yeah. So you, you tell me more about this movie. I have know. a ton of fun facts. I mean, I, I don't know if I have much more to say. Like, I, I really did enjoy the movie, and I would recommend it, and I have many fun facts to share. Right? Um, there, this is an anecdote, which it's one of those things you're like, this can't be true. It's, it's on IMDb trivia. There was a robber, a robbery suspect who was fleeing the scene and he went through a movie theater. And so he ducked into a movie theater to hide out. He saw the movie. He got engrossed in the movie. He sat, watched the whole movie, did not notice that the police were pulling people out of the theater. So by the end of the movie, it was just him and he was surrounded by cops. Didn't even realize that he was just enjoying the movie RoboCop. So that's fun. One way to go, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Worth it. For sure. Um, well, Peter Peter Weller, the suit was quite big. Yeah. Did you find it? I found it. So he, it? he's the narrator for Engineering and Empire. 
Now, Cody, if you could just if you could name a show that's gonna <laughs> just snatch Tyler's attention more than Engineering um, and Empire, it's like could, two kinds of nerd. And it was a super nerd show made just for you. It's just like it's him describing how like all these different great empires throughout history, like and how their engineering built them up, and like like the first episode they ever did was Rome, and like talked about like aqueducts and big coliseums and stuff. And he's so good. Yeah, everybody go watch that these documentaries. They're so freaking good. And he's just fall asleep to to freaking Peter Weller's soothing tones. All right. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. I just want a white noise um, machine. Peter Weller's voice. Uh, so he, the suit was huge. So he couldn't wear the whole suit while sitting in a car. So all the car scenes, he also couldn't get in and out of the car. So all the car scenes are him wearing the top half of his suit and then just underwear on the bottom half. Nice. So, so anytime you see him driving the car, just know he's in his undies. Um, so, and that was something they had to work around. So anytime he leaves the car, it's like, okay, put his legs on, show him swinging his legs out so he can like piece it together and make it look like he's actually getting in and out of the car. I so think that's really fun. You might have a thing with this. Um, so I think I remember hearing this. You tell me if this is accurate or not. Yeah. But like when he's shooting all the guys and he's spinning and putting the gun up and he like puts his arm back all weird. Mm. I'd heard, seen somewhere once that he wasn't necessarily supposed to do that, but he had to do it to maintain his balance as he like swung this yeah. huge, heavy armor around all the time. Like he, or there's he a lot, over? there's a lot about that. Like when they, so their vision for RoboCop was he'd almost be like slither around, be like a snake sort of. Then they got the suit and they were like, Oh no, <laughs> you cannot move in this thing. Like we planned. And that's part of the reason RoboCop is so slow. It's just like, okay, this is, this is what you can manage to do. It's like, so they, the suit took forever. So they were already a couple weeks into shooting by the time they got the suit. It took a long time. They got it. Then they had to like break for a few days to be like figure out how to move in it. And like that's what they were arguing about is how to, you know, how to portray it. And it's interesting because there's so many things in this movie where it's like, oh, the director and this person, they fought about this and they fought about this. But by the end, he was like, yeah, no, we love the result and we wouldn't change it for anything, which I think is cool because sometimes you hear about directors that are like, oh, yeah, we had a falling out and, um, anyway, we never worked together again or, you know, and I fired that person. They left the project, but everyone did find a solution in this movie and everyone was happy with the final result. So it's interesting. Yeah. I'll tell you just another thing, just a fun fact on top of your fun fact. So with the 2014 version, they actually explain why he's slow as well. Oh, that well. They limit his speed so that he's not, doesn't come across as superhuman. He comes across like a person wearing armor. Interesting. And it's a plot point that he's they like show him with the enhanced like targeting where he like whips his gun out crazy fast and like fires and hits like 80 targets in a second uh-huh. and they're like yeah we told you we can't do that because people will get scared of him we have to slow him down to like normal human reaction times yeah interesting uh more about the suit so they estimate weller lost about three pounds of water weight each day from sweating in the suit oh um I think as the movies went on, they were able to add like air conditioning to it, so it got better as as the movies went along. But yeah, original suit design, about three pounds of water weight lost each day, Gosh. just from sweating. There must have been a guy whose entire job was just to like run in with a bottle of water, like like at a football right. game and squirt it in yeah. his mouth. Pretty wild. Um, so there's the scene where he catches the keys, right? So they throw the keys to. Uh, whoever, and RoboCop runs in, snatches him out of the air, is like, thank you, and, you know, hops in the car. Um, it took 50 takes because the gloves were made out of rubber, so the keys would just bounce off of his hands. So it took him 50 tries through the scene where he walks by, catches the keys out of the air, and, and goes to the car. So When you started that, I was like, this is either going to be, like, something super cool, like he was just standing there and, like, snatched him real fast, and everybody was like, that was awesome. Or... It's going to be like, he could not catch these keys. We really wanted this shot, and it took 50 tries. Yeah, so that's what it was. Um, when they made the movie, they were over schedule, over budget. So they did not shoot Murphy's original death scene. And they went to the executives. They're like, hey, here's the movie we have so far. Um, can we please, please, please have more money to do this? The executives saw the movie. They're like, oh, this is incredible. Yes, here's a bunch of money. Shoot it right. You know, do a good job with it. So that's the scene where his hand gets blown off. His arm gets blown off. His head gets shot and, ha- you know, yeah. he loses like a chunk out of his head. That scene is interesting because I didn't realize this. 
Um, that is a a full plastic dummy of when his head gets shot off, or you know, like the big chunk comes out of his head. Yeah. So that is a dummy of him, a plastic like face and everything. It can look around, and then the face is like so where he leans back and his face is in agony. That's a doll, which, which made to look incredible. just like him. Yeah, no, it's it's like a lifelike doll of him making like the agony face, and then it it like it's on a little swing thing, so it swings back. He makes the face, they shoot him, and then it falls back. So really cool. Really cool. I didn't realize um, that's how they did it. So they had like some really state-of-the-art effects. Um, that's the same guy who did the, is it the rotoscoping? You know, like the RoboVision shot. That guy yeah. worked on Star Wars for the TIE Fighter POV shots and all that. So they were uh, they were going real hard on the special effects, and I think it really shows in this movie. And it's interesting because, um, you know, they talked about doing like, hey, we need to there was like a big fight about the final scene where RoboCop is running around without his visor on, without the big helmet. And like, oh, we got to do dim lighting so it doesn't like show too much of the whatever. And the director was like, no, no, we're going to put everything in like full daylight lighting and it's still going to look good, you know? So they had a big fight about that. And it's really interesting because I was trying to see how they did that shot in particular. I was like, is he, I don't know. It's just crazy to see like what's on the back of his head. And I don't even know that I found out. I went down a wormhole. And look at different stuff. But like they do some really incredible makeup work and work with the suit, um, and it is like a pretty well lit movie. They kind of just like blast light on stuff, and it still like looks cool, and you can appreciate the props, which is hard to pull off. But um, the suit cost at least half a million, but up to one million dollars to make. So million dollars in the eighties for a suit. So think on that. It's awesome. I think um, so. they. They had to submit this movie a dozen times to the MPA to get it down to an R rating. So that's how hard they were going. This director is interesting. He's done... So he has done... His name is Paul Fear. And he has done four movies, well-known movies, that have spawned sequels that never lived up to the original, including RoboCop, Fun fact about RoboCop. RoboCop 2 was directed by the same guy who directed Empire Strikes Back. <gasps> Basic Instinct, um, the first movie to do uh, female vagina nudity, Starship Troopers, and Hollow Man. Which, so like really famous 80s and 90s movies. Starship Troopers. He did all four of those. What's that? Lot of, Starship Troopers has a lot of nudity. Uh, oh, that is fun. Fact. So, um, yeah, so he did... All those movies that all spawned like franchises. So very interesting director. He's like a Dutch guy. He does a lot of these exploitation, like very graphic movies. Um, you know, things like Basic Instinct and Showgirls, and also things like RoboCop, where it's like let's just do like the most, just the most over the top, like blood, violence, whatever. But he does frame them in a way where it's like, hey, it's in a dystopian world, or it is making a statement. So it's this very interesting thing where like, okay, it's art, but it's also exploitation. So. It's not a lot of people do, let alone get to do for like multiple movies. So he's had a very interesting career. You know, depending on how you think about it, like RoboCop could be a piece of art or it could just be, oh no, that's just an R-rated movie. You go there to see the blood and the guts and the gore and the violence. And so really interesting approach to directing. Um, But I think his work speaks that, you know, to a degree he's very successful at it. Yeah. And it seems like it's just it's difficult to follow follow him up. Right. Yeah. I it's did think one... it was interesting that the same writing team has done all the Robocop movies. They also haven't done much else. They did me like one other movie I knew. Um, so kind of interesting. It's wild how like panned Robocop two is versus Robocop one. What do you mean? Like like Robocop two has like a thirty percent of rotten tomatoes. Mm, yeah. RoboCop 1 has a 90% of Rotten Tomatoes. It's it's quite a formula. And I mean, that's the other thing. Is like, that's the thing. You get Paul Verhoeven to direct it. You get the same writers, but a different team for the sequel. And like, it's not going to be the same. And this is one, this was a script that bounced around a lot. And a lot of people had a shot at it. Um, and even the director like turned it down. He was like, I don't want to do that. But his wife, I think it was his wife who like talked to him. He was like, hey, look, there's more than the face value of the script, you can. there's a lot to it. Like It's smarter than you think it is. And so that's why he decided to do it. So something interesting to think. Like There is 
there are deeper ideas in this movie. Like it's not just what it is. It's a satire. Yeah. The critical reception is pretty good. It's uh, actually a higher tomato meter than audience score. That's so what I was just looking not, at. 90% tomato meter, 84 audience score. I think this one in part is like we've kind of talked about. It does benefit, I think, from people looking back on it. So a lot of the reviews are probably from more recent time where it's like, oh, this is a classic. Let's review it. Oh, we really like it. You know, I'm sure at the time maybe it was more divisive, but it is like a classic 80s movie. It is right in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to see that the tomato meter was higher than the audience score but i mean it is very much a feast for the eyes if you're the kind of person that likes effects and props and visuals yeah the props look really good i do want to point out since we did it we pointed it out with the the james bond episode that yeah. the uh it is like 70 people reviewed 70 critics reviewed this one and like 30 reviewed robocop 2 so like yeah. it's not nearly like like I don't know how many people reviewed 2014 RoboCop. I'm sure it was more than have reviewed all of the other ones combined. Right. Um, so it's always kind of worth noting with these older movies. Yeah, like 221 critics reviewed RoboCop 2014. Yeah. So way more. Yeah. Um, I have one more kind of fun fact. So they actually shot this in Dallas. <gasps> and so the OCP headquarters is actually just the Dallas City Hall, and they did an older technique called map paintings. So what you do is you take, what they did is they took the Dallas City Hall, just like the first three three or four stories of it, and then they block out, they black out everything around that, and then that's what a painter goes in, and he paints the futuristic-looking part of it, and then they shoot it, they test it, they go back and forth, and then they make like puzzle pieces. They take the painted part, the real part, and they fit them together. Um, and so they get they got like one of the best map painters at the time to do it. So all the futuristic buildings, they didn't have to build them, but they took existing stuff they shot and then they paired it up with like all the really cool, weird, brutal, tall, square looking skyscrapers and stuff, which I thought was interesting because I mean, it looked great, I thought. but I uh, I just like that kind of style. So it's, it was interesting to talk. They talked a lot about like the development of like, yeah, now you don't now you do it all digitally, you know, so you still have people create the environments, but Instead of having someone go through with a paintbrush and paint it and match it up digitally, you say, okay, here's what we're using. And it's like with Lord of the Rings, that's what they did. They said, okay, here's, we've created all this digitally. This is all the Mines of Moria. And we're just shooting this piece of it. Here's where you see the people. And here is everything else. So just interesting to see, you know, they use paintbrushes to create those big wide shots, those buildings and and everything that made it look future-y. Yeah. Which I feel like, like, kind of where we get, we're getting with movies nowadays, it's getting more to a point where um, I feel like you're going to start seeing people do the thing where they'll like save a lot of time by like cutting out the thing that they want to keep digitally, but still having like paint, like a actual painter paint mm. the stuff around yeah. it and seeing, cause like, I feel like we're coming out, uh, you know, like, Every few years, there's like a cycle of like all this new technology for movie making and effects comes out, and everybody's mm-hmm. like, "This is the future." And then people are like, "Well, it makes the movie much better if we still do it this older, like more, yeah, proven or like better way, mm-hmm. but use this new t- way to like save yeah. half of the time." Yeah, so like, like I saw someone talking about like the Dune special effects. They used like sand screens, you know. So instead of green screens, they had like giant sand colored screens for the a lot of the background shots it's like hey we still get the sand colored light so it looks like they're on a dune planet but we can add in what we need to in the background but then the other like the other new way of doing it like the big new fancy way of doing it like a mandalorian is disney's like hey here's a giant tv screen that wraps in a big circle around you and so we just put on the tv screen what we've created so now the light's bouncing off of it you're standing in an environment so it looks like you're really there, but you aren't, you know, so that's like the yeah. new expensive way to do it. What Dune did was like, okay, we can't do that here because it's too big. There's too much space. We're, we want it to be big, wide shots. So instead of doing green screen, we're going to do it this way, you know? So it's just interesting to see, you said, you know, how are they marrying the old technology? What can they do with the new stuff? Not yeah, everyone can afford to have a giant room that is just a giant TV. Yeah. Cause let I mean, alone like... to 
pay pay someone to make an alien environment yeah. for the background. Yeah, because I mean, like what you're saying there, right? With the the Disney's new technique, that's uh-huh. essentially no different from when they used to have like the projectors or like the painted backdrop that was like on rollers mm-hmm. moving next to a car to make it look like they were driving. Sure. Yeah. It's it's just them being like, we can do that. Or someone like looking and be like, hey, when these were done well, they look good. We can do uh-huh. that now, but with screens. And in We a- have better TVs that will actually, you know, we yeah. have an OLED TV that doesn't look pixelated on screens. So let's throw that up and we get the added bonus of light rays actually bouncing towards off of, you know, yeah. Mandalorian armor. So, yeah, I mean, like, it's just cool to like, like you're saying, that's the same thing just using new stuff mm-hmm. for that one and then like yeah and then you get the same kind of thing like you're saying with the sand colored screens where the people are wearing sand colored stuff so like 10 years ago they'd be like we can't we can't go in and photoshop or like a you know adobe premiere or whatever they're using mm-hmm. and cut out the people if we try to just cut out the background we end up cutting out parts of the people whereas now they can be like well this is like two points away from this color. So I can just select this and it'll snap out all of this background. Mm, no problem. And yeah. leave all the people intact. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's cool that, you know, when a good director uses these, like a good director and good editing team uses the newer stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause you see, you see, you see like with Robocop and star Wars, like a lot of that stuff still looks great. It looks bad when yeah. people try to go back and fix it. Like, I bought this movie because I was like, I know I'm going to want to rewatch Robocop, so I'm going to go ahead yeah. and just pay the $16 to buy the 4K version. It looked great. Yeah. Like, you could tell. Sure. I got some real small soldier vibes from from Ed, you know, from mm-hmm. Ed 209 there. Which, yeah. did you not grow up knowing it as ED 209? But they call it I have Ed. not seen this movie. Yeah, I don't remember. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like I would probably, if I saw that on paper, I'd say, oh, yeah, ED-209. If I was, if you were talking about like a sci-fi action thing. Yeah. But you can tell it's the same technique they use for the walkers. But for some reason, I think because mm-hmm. they had like maybe a little less budget or a little less skill at it, it comes more across as small soldiers than it does. Yeah. As- I think the budget's probably not quite as grand. And also, it's different to have it in a big wide shot where it's like, hey, action's going around versus like, hey, ED-209 is right here. <laughs> like, yeah. it's this. It fills the whole frame. This is what we're doing. But, um, okay. I'd like to wrap up. I will, I'm torn. I don't know if this movie's a B plus or an A minus for me. I liked it a lot. Um, What would you give it? i give it... I would say taking into account that it is a movie from the eighties that still holds up. Yeah. I think it's better written <clears throat> than a lot of those classics from the eighties. Like, I think yeah. this is a better written movie than star Wars. Oh, all right. I like star Wars better because I like the world of star Wars better than the more realistic yeah. Detroit. No one wants to live in Detroit, but yeah, you um, live in cloud city. I'll give it, I'll give it an a minus. Um, I'm going to stick with the B plus. It's a watcher for sure. Definitely watch it. Classic. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. You can rate and review us on Apple podcasts. We are opinion havers wherever you find podcasts on social media, Facebook, (gasps) Instagram, Twitter, at opinion havers. Yell at us. We will yell right back into the void with you or at you. Until next time, watch movies. And have opinions. So, like, tell me, tell me, Cody. Mm. Look me in the eyeball. Uh. Tell me Clint Eastwood did not at least audition for this role, okay? (laughs) That's what we need. We need, Clint Eastwood's last movie should be directing and starring in RoboCop reboot the third time. Because you put all that stuff on him, you show just the bottom half of his face, everybody's going to think it's Peter Weller. 
Everybody's oh, going to yeah. think it's Peter Weller. We're doing it. Just be like, all right. Letter man. writing campaign is starting now. Get in the suit. Don't say anything racist. First five minutes of the movie, well. <laughs> it's going to be the 50 takes all over. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We are back with a quick update. Uh, more information about RoboCop. This is an update to the thing. The question about is RoboCop real? This one's a little more problematic. All right, here's the update. He is pretty much impervious to civil suits because he is not a real person and doesn't derive a salary like people do. That's a plus. There you go. So you can't sue RoboCop because he's not a man. All right, Tyler, it's time. It's time to divine the film for the next Cody's Corner. Divine the film. Wait. Divine it. Wait. Wait. Divine it. Wait. Divinate. Wait. This screen. Yes, here we go. Now you can see. Now there's no way I can lie about oh it, Cody. Oh, my goodness. All right. Divine the film. What? Barton Fink. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's going to be a good one. You don't even know what it is. I have no idea. It's one of the first Coen Brother movies. Oh. You know I, I hate seen. You know I hate the Coen Brothers. Joel and Ethan. You know the two dudes that are married to Frances McDormand? Mm-hmm. They're a thruple, right? I don't know. Sounds right. All right. That's it. That's it. That's all she wrote. Oh, bonus add-on out. <laughs>